Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Sarah Dolman. Hello. Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. And April Collins. Hi there. Today we will be discussing the premiere of Disney Channel's highly anticipated new animated show, The Owl House, its first episode, The Lying Witch and A Warden can be found on Disney Channel's official YouTube page. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back. We will be talking about it in full. So consider this your spoiler warning. You can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. All right, so tell me, what are your general thoughts on this premiere? Like, what? how does it hold up against other premieres? Like, anything that stood out to you in particular? April, let's start with you. So, uh, as you said, this was, like, a highly anticipated show. So there was kind of a lot on the line, I feel like. Uh, but it did not disappoint, which I was extremely happy and thankful for because there's nothing more like upsetting than whenever you, you're like super hyped for a show and then it's just awful. So I like, I thought everything just looked like the animation was so smooth and it looked really good. Um, you could tell like that a lot of the team from star versus the forces of evil had because I had moved over to the show um, because there were just like little things that seemed very like familiar. And so I felt very at home watching it. Uh, and I just loved like the whole, I just, I just really enjoyed this first episode. Like it was really, it was a very solid like first episode. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Delaney, how about you? So the rule of pilots is that pilots suck. They're not good. <laughs> and honestly, this episode is incredible. Not just as a pilot, but it's just an incredible episode. I really, really enjoyed this episode. Like, I mean, every part of it. And the animation, it's very crisp. And it's, like, beautiful to watch. Um, I'm really excited to have a Latinx main character. And, you know, Marco is Latinx, but they, I don't know, like, he's not, like, the main character, and I don't know, like, I'm just excited, I'm always excited just to have more, and they did, I do think they played it up a lot with Marco, but they played it up more in a, um, I'm not gonna say joking way, but, like, let's say it was more about, not necessarily culturally, but more, like, what he ate, like, it was much more subtle. seen one episode of star and you're really not selling me on the show based on that description like well i mean the thing is like it's not about like honestly they do a lot more for um luce's uh like her like just her interaction with her mom and i don't know there just seems like a little bit more going on here and it also felt very spider-verse Thank you. Okay, Grant, I'm gonna I know have a huge thing about this. Yeah, it's very Spider-Verse. And all of this was just I just it's beautiful. All of the characters are great. Um, I will literally die for King. I will die for him. I he is the greatest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. But overall, I mean, this premiere was just fantastic. And like we were like what April was saying, that this was a highly anticipated show. I was really excited about it. And I mean, I'm just blown away. And I am so, so excited to see more episodes. And I mean, as soon as I watched it, I sent it to my fiance and she was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. So like, we're 
really, really excited. Like this is just, I think this is, this is an incredible step forward for this show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sarah, what about you? Yeah, I have to agree. I really loved it. I thought it was just this really wonderful blend of sweet and funny and heartwarming and also like achingly powerful and real. Like, like I have never seen a pilot and just felt so immediately connected to it. Like it just like, you know, what this um, episode was about and what it seems like the show is going to be about is something that so many people can relate to like not feeling like you can conform to society standards and wanting to find your people that you could be yourself with and it I just it was just so easy to connect to and yeah I loved it from start to finish and I'm excited to keep watching well let me just tell the listeners now that we all loved it and there's not going to be a, an unbiased kind of balance. This is a great show. And no, I, hey, no, <laughs> hey, no, hey. This no, is hey. The, I, I mean, any show that has the line, and I practice the ancient art of fan fiction, is going to be God tier show for me. Because that is a. <laughs> really? I mean, come on. And I. The thi- here's the thing I had no idea what the show was about. Like, I, I say it's highly anticipated because I know that a lot of people had been talking about it. I, I only see, I had only seen one image of what I thought was this, like, older, uh, vampire. And I was like, who is this? I need to marry her now. I also thought she was a vampire. And I was just like, I mean, honestly, and that's all I knew going in. And then I had no idea who the main character was. I had no idea. And then... It opens with this girl, and I was like, where were you when I was 14? And I, like, got very emotional when watching it all progress in a very Spider-Verse-esque way because I just was not expecting Latinx representation, and then there it was for me. And I just, this is, this show, I, like, just talking about right now is getting me shaky. Like, oh, my God. Like, ah. In particular, for me, what really stood out beyond just that was also, like, the direction, the storyboarding. I know that um, Dana uh, Terrace, I believe is her name, she uh, what was like a storyboarder on Gravity Falls. I believe it's Gravity Falls that she used to be the storyboard artist for. So it just kind of really showed me like this person who's direct, she didn't direct this episode, but she had a hand in the storyboarding for the episode. I'm like, this person has a vision and she knows how to compose shots and every single shot in this episode was just so well placed and everything was so smooth and just the little things of animation just like the small movement of the like, eyes everything just like like this isn't a show that like you know you have an idea and you make a show this is like really this was made to be watched if that may- like this was made to be animated yeah. this was made to like everything about it is about like the crafting of like the episode itself yeah yeah and it's like it's it's just the this like I mean, I was just, it's its rare to see a show from the very pilot just go, like, full steam ahead and working, like, with all cil- cylinders firing. But that's what I felt just from this premiere. And, and they didn't hold anything back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I was just like, and I got it. I got it from the pilot. I understood what they were going for. I got the essence of the show. And a lot of times, sometimes some first shows, live action or animated, it doesn't matter, Especially, like, they'll they'll take a season or they'll take a couple episodes to really, like, plant their feet and give you, like, an idea of what this, it, what they're trying to be. And it, with this one, it was just already, like, just with these, what, 22 minutes, they were able to, like, just nail it. And 
Oh, it was so good. Give me your like impressions of Luce. Give me about this protagonist. Um, like, what are your thoughts, uh, Sarah? Yeah, oh, she's such a compelling character right away because she just she's a weirdo and she just wants to be herself and she doesn't want to be limited by what like the school needs her to be, what the real world can be. And then like throughout the episode, she enters into this magic world and she just she, she's just always herself and she doesn't want to be limited there either because you know, by the end of the episode, she wants to be the first human witch and like she just sort of sets her sights so high and doesn't want to be shut down and I love that. Yes. Um, uh, April, what about you? So I want to be her when I grow up because (laughs) like, I think it's just incredible to have a character who like is so much herself and so like comfortable being herself and like has accepted it. Like what she like said something about like editing anime to like music or whatever. And I was like, this is my girl right here. Cause I would do stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I'm so weird. But like, like, I wish, I just wish that, like, at her age, I could have been, like, as confident in myself. And so, because of that, like, I just love seeing a character, especially as a protagonist and as a female, who is, like, who is that? Who, like, knows what she wants to be, who she is, accepts it, goes from there, like, knows what she wants, you know, is doing what she, you know, she's, like, taking ownership of, like, herself and, like, you know, I thought it was great how she was just like, I'm staying here. Like, why would I go home and go to summer camp where they're just going to try and change me? Like, that is just, it's so empowering. And I love empowering, like, female characters in shows, especially, like, in, like, kids shows. I think it's great. Like, I love that, like, she is, like, like, she has, uh, what is it? I guess, like, she's Latin to some extent. And I think that's great. Like, this is, is wonderful. And I immediately was like, I need to cut my hair. Look like her. Like, <laughs> I, I got to find this energy somewhere. Yeah. I, I think it's the cat funny. hoodie. Exactly. The cat hoodie. Yeah, they have the to make hoodie. that. They have to start selling that. I mean, Disney, come on. You're like a merch machine. You got to sell that. Give us the cat hoodie. Um, but you can no. give us the cat hoodie we all deserve. Yeah. Um, and I agree. I think it's very rare to find like a character. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen often in any context, live or animated, a character that's allowed to be weird and earnest. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like someone who's like embraces her weirdness. A lot of times it's like, oh, like that the weird girl's like a side character and that's like her shtick is that she's just weird when it's like, no, this isn't something to make fun of. So I, I very much agree with your take. Um, Delaney, what about you? What about your thoughts on Luce? Well, I kind of want to expound upon this whole like idea of weirdness and like obviously I'm like definitely about like what this show's talking about, but I think what makes it so effective is that these people aren't weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. that's because my thing is like Jana in Star Wars Force is Evil is weird. Like, I love her. She's weird. Like, (laughs) she's, like, actually weird. These characters aren't weird. And that's what's important because, like, these are things people think are weird. Like, she makes anime videos. That's awesome. Also, like, and I don't mean this just because, oh, we podcast about cartoons. Obviously, we like AMVs. But what I mean (laughs) is, like, Like, a lot of people do it. It's not a weird thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We're, like, talking about fan fiction. Like, all of this... Like, that's, I think that's what's so important is that this stuff, because there is stuff that is legitimately weird and not okay, but this stuff isn't weird. And I think that's really what's so important about this is this, like, 
you people think you're weird because you like obscure things or because you like something people think is embarrassing and none of that is in this episode like we have a we have a girl who writes fan fiction i'm like good for you and then we have like a conspiracy theorist but like her none of it is like negative and we even have a witch and this amazing skull cat and i love him so much and they're just who they are and it's not weird in a harmful or like weird for the sake of being weird like these are like legitimate characters with legitimate interests and that's what so i also think is really compelling about loose is like she's not weird like she's creative and expressive and like you feel bad for her in the principal's office i was like this sounds like a great book report like i wish i could have used that <laughs> book report. and like she had snakes like she's creative like and and it's not really she's not doing anything bad it's just you know she's a kid and she didn't understand the consequences of unleashing snakes in her classroom <laughs> and so i think that's really what's so compelling about all of this is like we're not just doing the weird for the sake of being weird like this is a legitimate commentary also, I like that they kind of did this right at the beginning, and I don't think necessarily this is going to be what the show's about, but this is a really great step forward, I think, for opening the show and Luce's character. Like, this is, like, her beginning. Like, this is her story. And I think it's really interesting, kind of, like, in terms of commentary on what it is defined as weird, a lot of these things you mentioned, like anime music videos, um, uh, fan fiction, a lot of these things are tend to be things that, young teenage girls like to like and like exactly. with a passion. And yeah. what is, like, there is no demographic that's more targeted by society than a young teenage girl. Like, you see mm. constantly yeah. people that's making fun of... That's why it's weird. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah, mm. like, that's why people made fun of Twilight. That's why people make, like, at, when the Beatles first came and they were this craze, people made fun of that. Like, that, like, the very uh, concept of weird is being turned on its head here because the very concept is something that should be turned on its head because often Often the case is just people really liking something a lot. And for some reason, that scene is strange, having a passion. And that's right. what this show is showing. It's like, it's not strange. And um, yeah, so you're very, you're on it with when, with that uh, comment. Um, for me, I, I, I am going to focus on like the, because you all said what I, all these other stuff. So I am going to focus on the Latinx stuff because they're Spanish in this episode. They're Spanish. Right. <laughs> and you need to understand, like, so often with Latinx characters, they're just there as the Latina or the Latino. They're never there as the focus and it's never just, like, a part of them. Like, it's like, it's like that is their characteristic. It's like, it's this superficial thing. And... That didn't happen. And I'm not used to seeing this. Like, it happened with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, where I literally was, like, watching, expecting them to either completely ignore it or to, like, and not mention it or to make it this, like, weird, like, wink at the audience. And it's like, no, it was this beautiful, organic thing. And the fact that, like, she is, like... When she sees something adorable, the initial thing that comes out of her is Spanish, which is something that I do. Like, it's like this very, it's like a hard, for people who aren't like bilingual and don't have like a native, like a native tongue that is different from English. Like, this is like, it's hard to explain, but like the fact that it's like this guttural, instinctual use of the language and it's just this beautiful thing. And I, I didn't know that she was Latina and I blame everyone for not telling me and not preparing me for this. Like, you needed <laughs> well, to tell me. <laughs> well, I think, too, this whole, like, this isn't something you normally see in animation in general. Like, I don't really think, it's hard for me to even remember any, any single instance where they speak Spanish in Star vs. Forces of Evil beyond, like, his dad saying something, like, funny. Yeah. And this is, like, 
Also, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure Marco can speak Spanish. Which is fine because there's so many. Like, right, like, that's its own right. thing. Like, that's but, like, a whole, people, like, yeah. But, like, that felt more like lip service representation as opposed to this, which is like, this is an innate part. Like, this is like part of her character in a way that, like, is meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's just, it's, and it's like so. When he, like, and it's just, it's, it's like, I just was just blown away by just how it's like, because it's not a big deal. And I know that I shouldn't be making a big deal, but like the fact that I'm so emotional about this. And it's it like, is a I big wasn't, deal. I think it's a big deal. I know. I think but it's a big deal too. But it's just like, it's, it's, it's something that I, you, I only realize it is like once I see it, that's like, oh, right. I don't see this. Um, right. So mm. like, and it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just completely beautiful. And I cannot wait to see this like a crazy adventure that she's about to go on. And I, again, where were you when I was 14? Where were you? <laughs> you know, this stuff is extremely meaningful. And especially like, I'm going to keep talking about Star versus the Force of Evil because like, this is literally like the neck, like this is to me, this is like, this is the new star. And honestly, I already think it's going to be better than star. And this like stars about star and Marco is a very important character, but like the show's about star and here we have like, she's the main character and I'm really excited about like Spanglish. Like we don't get that in animation. We don't get that on TV in a way that isn't like annoying or like you have to turn to Telemundo to see things in Spanish. (laughs) So like, this is really exciting stuff. And I like, I'm really excited that it's a Latinx character. Like it's incredible. And it's just, I'm so tired of just seeing the same, like, white people on TV all the time. <laughs> like, it's annoying. And this is, like, and they do, they've, I think the part of it is that they have done it so well. It's so well executed. Like, you know, like, her mom talks to her in Spanish, and they're adorable. Her mom is adorable. Yeah, she is. And, like, mm-hmm. like she, they, I think the only, un- and this is a show where we see witches, we see uh, griffins, we see all these things. The one unrealistic thing I had about the show was, okay, her mom would have texted her, like, three hours ago, being like, hey, where are you? Hey, give me a heads right, up. Right. Why, where are you? You needed to text me, like, five hours ago. So that's the one thing. But, like, it's, I, yeah, I mean, it's just, she's, uh like loose means li- that's like light in Spanish. So she's very much like a, a light for me because I was very like a lot of shows were ending. Right. So I was like, Oh yeah. gosh, like what's going to fill, fill this animation hole for me. And there she is. She just dropped out from, from somewhere. And I'm just so happy. So happy. Um, But let's talk about the other main character of, well, I don't know. Is, is Ida a side character? Is she another main character? Like, she was the she was the only thing I knew coming into this uh, show. Give me your thoughts on this beautiful, beautiful owl lady, Sarah. Um, I'm not really sure yet how I feel about her. She seems really interesting and kind of mysterious, but also like very genuine. And so it's kind of like, who is this lady, and what is her agenda? Does she even have an agenda? Like, and like at the beginning, you know, can we really trust her? And then it's like, oh, she just wants to help her little pet king, and that's so they're so cute, and her just wanting to help him is just so sweet. And I'm just like, I'm just curious to learn more about her. Yeah, yeah. What about you, April? Yeah, I'm. She's very like captivating. So, which makes sense also because she's a salesperson. So, yeah, or yeah. at least. 
like she is whenever we first meet her. Um, I really do. Like, I want to, I want to know more about her. I have a feeling she's going to be kind of like a main character. And again, we're t- bringing up Star versus the Forces of Evil because it just has so much of that same like energy. Um, but I feel like she's going to be kind of like how Marco was a main character, quote unquote, right. if that makes sense. So, which is exciting because, um, like we'll get to learn more about her. And so I'm I'm very eager to do that. Um I love that she's just like super wanted by everyone. Like, <laughs> like my my favorite thing is whenever the warden was just like, these are for you. Like I finally got you. Go on a date with me. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like and then there was part of me that was like, you should just go on that date, girl. Go get some food or something. Um, <laughs> but um, but like I just I like I love her and I love that she she kind of seems very like blunt almost too as yeah. a character. Um and that's also kind of refreshing cuz nothing drives me more crazy than characters who just like won't just say how however it is that they're feeling or like we have to like get through like five or six episodes and then we'll figure out like oh they're actually really fun or whatever. So I like that we're we're kind of getting her like in our face right away. Do you the, the episode is called Lying Witch? I mean, Lying Witch and a Warden, Warden. But um, do you think we? Do you trust her? Um, I mean, can we trust any character at this moment? I mean, I trust Luce with my life. I trust her, but like, <laughs> <laughs> she seems like genuine enough. Um, but I'm, I mean, it, it wouldn't. Like, there would be no, I guess, like, drama if she didn't have any kind of, you know, something to lie about, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it is kind of weird that she's like, oh, yeah, like, you have to work for me, and then then I'll teach you to be a witch. Like, it just seems like she's just trying to get some free labor. I mean, <laughs> just hire an intern. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, this is going to be a commentary on internships and how they're basically free labor. Um, <laughs> they are free labor. They are. They are. Um, Delaney, what about you? What are your thoughts on Ida? So I'm all in on Ida. I trust her. <laughs> I like. I think that's part of why this is so good. So at first you're like, oh my god, she's scary because you're experiencing it as Luce is experiencing it. But really, like Ida's just a weirdo too. Like she, I think this might be Ida's thing that she like everything's a business transaction, but it's not really because she's really just a super sweet old lady. And I, I'm not gonna, I'm not that I really feel comfortable saying old lady. Like I don't really think like she's really that old. Like I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> like I love her and I think she's incredible. And I like yeah, I would trust. I don't know if I trust her with my life just because I think like not that like. She's sketchy, but I think that like like you her could body. Say it. You could say she's her, sketchy. It's okay. Her body parts come off, and I don't know if she understands <laughs> that it's not a thing that my body would do. Like I really, I really am sold on her. Like I think like what April was saying, she's very genuine, and I think she's a sweetie. Like, uh, like I will never like this is honestly the most impactful thing in this episode for me. And I was like talking to my fiance about it when they when Luce realizes that the, it's a uh, Burger King crown. Yeah. And she and she's like, that's not real, is it? And she's like, no, but it's important to him. And what's important to him is important to me. And I was like, oh my God, this yeah. lady just loves her cat. Like, <laughs> I think, like I'm super duper about this. And so I'm like all in on Ida. Yeah. 
And I mean, and I, you said you didn't, you felt a little uncomfortable using the term old with Ida. But I do want to talk about how I don't think since The Legend of Korra, I don't think we've actually seen an older woman. I feel like in animation, at least, I feel like it's like women can only be like, from the ages of like five to thirty, and then they just drop off until they're ninety. It's true. I agree. So yeah. like, and it's like, so I think that's one of the things that's so refreshing to see with Ida is like you see someone who doesn't fall under those like doesn't fall under that range age range, and she's just like, and it's and it's and she's still like this like single capable beautiful woman, and she doesn't. Ida's hot. I'll She's so yeah. hot. Very attractive. Like, like, hot. Like, don't understand. Like, I was... Like, I'm gonna try and capture her and take her on a date. Basically. You can see in the episode, they, like, call her Foxy. And I was like, not that I'm comfortable saying that, but, like, you know, it's true. <laughs> like, honestly, I just... I, I, I think... And I think that's one of the various things. Like, wh- like how there's, like, a subversion of what is weird and how the show is defiant in saying saying that what young girls like is not weird. I think it's also defiant in, in showing us various different types of women. I think there were more women right. in this episode than men. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy to think about. And it's, it's sad that we have to think about this, but we do. And it's like, and it's just so, it's such a, uh, uh, it's so refreshing to see. And it's one of those things where like, at the mo, if you if like if you're living in the moment of the show, you don't really think about it. But if you take a more macro look at the state of of children's animation, of just in general in Hollywood, if you look at how women are represented, yeah, it's all there media. is this there is this kind of drop off where suddenly a woman isn't allowed to be seen on screen because there's for some reason people think there's no value in that anymore when there is. And Ida is like a great example of that. And Ida's, and, they, and it's not just a source of like knowledge or like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And she's, so I, so I really think she's in action yeah. and she's brilliant. And like, I really think this is like, she's just a great character and it makes it so much better that she's an older woman. Like, like she's very, like you were talking about since the legend of Korra, which even the legend of Korra suffers from that because we have, Katara, who is like a million years old. And then we have Toph, who is also a million years old. And the only character really who doesn't fit that is Kaya. And Kaya is also hot. And, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's great. Like this is, and especially, I think another important thing that we talk about is seeing Ida. And they talk, like, not only does the warden ask her out, she keeps talking about her ex-boyfriends. Yeah. I hope we get to meet all of them. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> also the king made a comment i was like does this happen every week is it just her ex-boyfriends after her like i'm about this because if every week we get to see a new ex-boyfriend i'm okay yeah i'm sold <laughs> is that the formula for the show i'm like, fine with I, it i'm, I'm, fine. I'm, I'm just waiting with... for the ex-girlfriend just saying yes, yes. i agree oh, yes here's no. my idea i think the no, ex-girlfriends are actually like the ex-girlfriends are chill they're just like you know they're, they don't <laughs> cause a problem but the ex-boyfriends just can't let it go that's yeah. No, I think there's yeah. definitely like yes, but um, but yeah, I just think um, and I think she's just she's an enigma. I think that she's just so charismatic, and it's like oh, absolutely. And they did a great job with the voice casting. I was just like, oh, this is this is amazing. Is she a vampire? They didn't say she's not, and she has a fang, and there are multiple people with fangs. But she also has pointed ears. Well, here's the thing. I yeah. think this might be one of those instances where like. You can be a witch, but you're not like, but a witch is kind of like 
its own thing. Right. So I'm not sure. I will. I think we'll have to see like somebody else use magic to determine because in a lot of uh, mythology and stuff, like a witch is a witch. Like it's not that you're a person and you're a witch. You're a witch. If that yeah. makes sense. Like yeah. So that just might be what a witch looks like. And why it might have been why she's like a human can't be a witch because you're you're not a witch. So I'm curious to see if maybe that's what they're going for. I do really like her character design. I wouldn't be upset if she was a witch vampire. Honestly, she just got like 10 degrees hotter. But like, I mean, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying the, because um, there was like the, the the fan fiction girl also had fangs. So I was right. like, maybe they're all vampires. Or like, okay. or like certain, the ones with fangs are all vampires. Maybe. I just, I don't know. It's definitely I, unclear. It's unclear. Maybe and then they we have like a triangle it. person. So who knows? Yeah, true. Who knows? That's true. Very true. Um. Let's just briefly talk about King. I love it. What do you mean briefly? Briefly. Okay, fine. What are the chances that he's actually a demon king? Absolutely none. He is just this cat. I'm okay. I'm trying to. So my other theory that I'm trying to figure out is if he's like literally a cat who just wears the skull, or if like he's just this cute little pet. I don't care either way. He's amazing. You're saying he's Cubone. Yeah, he's Cubone. Correct. King is Cubone, and I adore him. Also, it's really funny that he's literally just Bill Cipher. <laughs> That's his voice. It's amazing. And I think King Alex is, Hirsch. Yeah, yes. it's Alex Hirsch. Yeah. Yeah. King is adore. Yeah, no. So he's Alex Hirsch and then he's using the Bill Cipher voice. It's amazing. And I adore King. So not that I haven't said that enough. And I really think he is he's a really interesting character. Like I think uh, like obviously he's the animal companion, but I think it's great that he can talk. Like I think this is really going to lead to some fun dynamics. And obviously he's a bit like sidelined a little bit in this episode. So I'm curious to see what we're doing like more with him. But with Cor- obviously we've made our little trio. And when he got in bed with Luce, I was like dying. It was so cute. I literally so- screamed. <laughs> so cute. Like he's like, oh, your, your uh, sleeping cocoon looks really comfy. And I was like, oh my God. Also, can we give Luce a blanket? Like why doesn't she have a blanket? Maybe she didn't want a blanket. Who doesn't want a blanket? Look, sometimes animating getting her into the sleeping bag can be very tedious. So they're like, let's just have her lay down on it. Like she she had such a great day and she's so exhausted that she just falls asleep right there on her. Also, her jammies are adorable. Oh. (laughs) Okay, also, also it's called the boiling aisle. So what if it's really hot? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the boiling aisle, um, what do you think of how not only what do you think of this dimension like do you i like for instance like i really enjoyed how it's like it and it's weird to say it's weird to say this but i love how it's like magic and like supernatural elements they're not like romanticized like it's not the prettiest thing like you have like it's kind at times it's like borderline gross and like realistic, but that's what makes it refreshing. Like I, I, I'm just thinking back to all these other shows that are with about or are about like a witch about witches and oh yeah, and, and they have like like there's flowers and rainbows yeah, or everywhere. Like, like magic is but, like or it's, it's like, like lazy. Well, exactly. it's a bit like I yeah. think it's a bit like How to Train Your Dragon. Mm, I I haven't seen How to Train. So okay, <laughs> this is like this is very similar in that representation. Like you know, it's very. I'm not going to say darker, but it's more... I mean, Ida, Ida gets decapitated. It's fair to say it's she's true. a darker, darker. That's fair. <laughs> but I do, I do like that, too, that it's not like... 
it's not as pretty. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just not as pretty. And it's very, it's, it's more realistic, I think, too, in that regard. Because it's not so, like, it's fantasy, but it's not. And so you have, like, your supernatural, like, things, but then you, like, have, like, a realness to it. So we're not, like, glossing it over kind of thing, as we've kind of already seen in this show. So it, like, it just it just adds to, the like, the interesting factor because I, I want to know why is this place not beautiful, but I like it. I would call this home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you guys think that the, the um, um, like... Uh, like for instance, like is is boiling aisles the entire dimension, or is that just part of it? I don't know. I think that's remained like. I mean, they did. She did say something along the lines of like, "What you have in your world is our world bleeding into yours." So I think this is just. I'm curious if this will be a travel log or if it's just kind of like, well, that's where she lives. So maybe yeah. they'll make mention of other places. Right. right. Well, it, I the way that she kind of talked about. The Boiling Isles is that, like, maybe they sort of, like, exist side by side. You mm. know what I mean? Like, it's all the Boiling Isles, just in the way that it's all, like, whatever they potentially call, like, Luce's home. Mm. Oh, right. Know? So, like, like, each aisle is, like, like, yeah. like, this isn't, like, this isn't a region. This is, like, the entire planet yeah. or the entire world. Okay. Yeah, mm. kind of like how, like, there's Earth and then there's Mars. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. Like <laughs> two different planets almost. Got so, but, but I, I do like the whole like, oh yeah, like that's just our world bleeding into it. And she like lists off like vampires and like giraffes. So. Giraffes was giraffes. good. That was a good joke. That was yeah. a good one. She's like, they're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Again, oh. with the weird thing, they're like actually pointing out like, yeah, they have really long net- necks. It's yeah. strange. But what were you going to say, Sarah? Yeah, one thing that I've seen people bring up um, is that potentially the theory that Ida is the what, what the the witch from um, Luce's book Ooh. that oh, has bled into based off of? her dimension somehow. Like, ha- somehow this book is about Ida, and that sort of something that's bled in from their dimension to Luce's dimension. Ooh. I'm about be- it. I I am halfway. I don't know if I'm about it because it seems like that was just like a, a story, like a fantasy novel that she read. Mm-hmm. So it, so I'm just like, if it's like, I don't know. I'm like, if it's based off like I, you know, I'm like, okay, so the writer must have seen her do something. Maybe. I don't know. I'm like, maybe. I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, it very much, at least that, that sequence in the beginning of the episode, that is uh, her book report, basically. Um, gave me a lot of like little witch academia vibes. So oh I was yeah, like, yeah, like the outfit. So I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, yeah, I'm into this. So, hey, maybe she is a real. Maybe, maybe Azura, I believe, is her name. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's a. Diff- she is another character that exists in that world. Maybe it's yeah. another witch. Oh, and like Luce gets to meet her at some point. Ooh, oh, that'd that would be, be so cool. cute. And then Ida's like, ugh. Yeah, and then Luce <laughs> realizes that Ida's like the legit witch. That would be really cool. Oh, so like I really feel for Luz. Like all I read is sci-fi and fantasy, so this is like right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about the episode itself briefly. Um, what really like impacted me was again how it deals with a lot of these themes. Like, 
it's like it's a very light tone. The, like the tone they strike with this episode is really interesting. Cause yes, it's like light, it's funny, but then you also like see you also have this place called the Conformatorium. And to me, that was like that reminded me like that's basically it was described as a place that weirdos are sent because they don't fit in society. It's an asylum. It's, yeah. yeah, it's an asylum. And then it's like, okay, well, like for me, like obviously for me, it would. I was like, for me, what what that brought forward was like, oh god, is this like conversion therapy? Like they're sent there to like be like quote fixed, right? So well, that's just, what I. That's yeah. what I thought. Like the reality check summer camp was basically her sending yeah. her yeah. away yeah. to conversion camp. Yeah. So it's like it's like these very and it's a good pair. That's a really great parallel of how like kind of things that are happening in real life are also like in not real life but in her world are also happening in the other dimension like it's like it's a very uh interesting parallel between them and it's just it's a very heavy thing and mm-hmm. they don't go deep into it they don't go like oh this is very like whatever it's just like it's just painted in a negative light which is what that which is enough like another mm-hmm. thing you see is like um with the warden, like, I'm happy she didn't go on a date, and I don't want her to go on a date with this guy. Because <laughs> this is a guy who doesn't know how to accept no, which we all know is a very big problem in society. <laughs> and he's and he literally, before he asks her out, he decapitates her. Like, he's a very violent person. So the fact that we also, again, once again, that's something that's portrayed in a negative light. It's mm-hmm. like, again, it's not something that is overtly explained to you, but just by making them the villain. And sticking to that is, like, tells you everything you need to know. And it strikes this very interesting balance. Um, What did you guys think of, like, how this episode dealt with the tone and these themes? Well, I think the really great part about it is it's not just, like, what they really do a good job of expressing is that this kind of, you know, quote-unquote therapy, this kind of, like, path to go, like, they're all locked up and we know that he tortures one of them that this is really more like, you know, at the end when they break out, this, you don't actually convert people. You just make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the end result. And they feel horrible about who they are, and they don't feel comfortable being who they are, and that that, that doesn't solve anything. Like, that's not, that like, there's no purpose to it other than torturing this person. And so I think that's a really, like, it's, it's they went, like, the right way with it. Yeah. Because that's ultimately what it is. It's just torture and it's not anything. And I think that's really what they do a great job with. And I really like appreciated that part. Yeah. For sure. sure. Yeah. I also liked that they made it a point to say like, these people haven't done anything wrong. Like why are they locked up? And so I like, I think that's like the most um, like, I think that's a, like a really good message to put out there too. Like, like you haven't done anything wrong. There's no reason for you to be locked up. And also the fact that like everyone sort of gravitates towards quote unquote weirdness. I mean, even the warden though, yes, he has some boundary issues. Um, like he, he makes like a really good representation of like just society as well, because we gravitate towards weird and unusual things or what we would consider just because we're, we're intrigued by that. And so for him to like ask out Ida, like is just sort of a, like a really good, like 
again, like putting like a good representation of that because, oh, like you like think all of these things are weird and you think she's weird, but yet you're asking her out on a date. So like, what does that say about you, Warden? Um, I also wonder too, if like the Warden isn't like necessarily our main villain. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, because like someone would have had to have like, made or like written rules that define what is we- also like, it's formal. ridiculous in this society where they do magic and there's vampires or whatever that like oh this is weird really right? this is weird <laughs> this is where you draw the line yeah. it's weird to write fan fiction but like whatever you're doing is fine <laughs> exactly right, right. no for sure I, i'm curious to see who's like the actual like because it looked like when they gave that wide shot of boiling aisles it looked like there was, I don't know if it was a castle or a cathedral. Like, I don't know what it was, but there was, like, a very big, important building right there. So I'm curious, like, Warden sounds impressive on the surface, but it's like, is that actually, like, is that, he's definitely not the most powerful person of that yeah. region. So right. I don't even know if we're going in that direction, but if we do yeah, meet, like, yeah. Yeah, like, who is the one who's deciding what's needing to conform and what's not normal? Right, right. Yeah, like, sure. is it just some kind of broadly societally accepted line of what's good and what's not? Or is somebody deciding that? And I just, I, I so I just add, like, I thought it's it's just such a strong theme throughout the episode. And it, it's, it's balanced out really well with all of the sort of the lightheartedness. But it's such a strong theme, like, straight from the beginning where we have Luce at school and needing to conform to the expectations of her there and then needing to be sent away to this camp where she has to learn to be boring and not engage in thinking creatively um through to this now boiling aisles where they have these conformatoriums and i think it speaks to just how widespread these institutions are that decide what's normal what's not and try to make fit people into boxes that they don't want to fit in um so i thought i thought it was just like as i said at the beginning like it was really powerful how they depicted that but also in such a like easily easy, like in not in a way that's like whoa it's like you're like turned off by how like intense it is it's like oh like i can connect with it yeah yeah like i think uh just a, a little just going off a little bit of what sarah said it's not necessarily related to the like the institution part but you were talking about you know the balanced by the lightheartedness mm-hmm. and something star struggled with for a long time was balancing its zaniness Mm-hmm. And I think something that that this another great thing that the show does is it does a really great job of balancing the light and the dark because it it knows what it wants its saniness to be like dramatically cuts off her head and you're like oh my god but then she's fine but you're also like oh my god and then like you <laughs> right. know, there's a lot of those funny but very serious like and I think that's another great thing about like this is lighthearted but we are dealing with serious topics and I think they do a really great job of they let their like the, the moments in this episode that they let them hit and they give them a moment, they let them rest and then like, you know, they'll crack a joke, but it's not to the expense of what they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think um, uh, you guys are making the, a lot of comparisons with star for me, the what another show that kind of, I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't think it nailed it off the bat, but adventure time kind of was what this show at times there were little things like, for instance, the door of the owl, actual owl house. I was like, that's a very Adventure Time type of humor. So I was like, another instance of like, okay, how do you capture this very weird tone? Or, or of like, this is a very, some of these things are very heavy topics, but then they still manage to make it lighthearted 
Right. So see, yeah. I'm turned off by that show because I I've seen like the very early episodes and I'm like I don't want to watch this. Right. So, and it took them a while to get yeah, exactly. to those things. Yeah. So the fact that the show was able to get it off right off the bat, I think, was just it's that just shows the impressiveness and just how. I, the word I'm looking, I guess I'm going to use is tight. The episode is how tight yes, it is. It is it's ever. very tight. It's the decisions that were made. This is like a very well written and well drafted script for this. Like episode. this is like very constructed, and I think that's yeah. really like you know pilots. They like we were talking about earlier. Like they like to play around. They don't necessarily commit all the way because they don't know if they're going to get picked up or not. But that's really I think the strength is like this episode goes all out. Like it completely like just. It doesn't spend too much time doing exposition. It doesn't do too much time just being nonsense. Like, it really, like, it knows what it's about. And it's, like, what you were saying. It's very tight. Like, this is an extremely solid pilot. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think that covers it with the first impressions. What are your hopes, just to kind of close out the podcast, what are your hopes to see for this show moving forward? Like, what do you like envision the show being like what or rather like what do you hope like do, for instance like do you want to continue on this kind of emphasis of like embracing who you are do you want them to go more like all right we've covered this now let's move on to something else or just anything like what do you expect moving or what do you hope to see moving forward i guess um, this kind oh go ahead no go for it go for it go for it well i was just go about going this whole like like, I don't know, like, I mean, we'll see. Like, I don't, like, I don't necessarily want to hit on, like, the weirdness every single episode, but I kind of, like, because this episode was so well-constructed, like, normally I wouldn't say this about literally any show, but, you know, if we're just going to have kind of zany adventures while she learns magic, they've kind of sold me on this is going to be entertaining, and I think we're really going to learn some stuff, and I think it, they're not afraid to, I think, go there with certain topics and I, I'm not sure what all they're going to explore. Again, this is just a taste of what we're getting. But I really, like, I'm kind of sold just on the basic premise of, like, learning magic from this old lady I met. Like, like I think they've done a really good job of crafting this, this universe and setting our characters up. Yeah, yeah. What about you, April? Um, I'm really just hoping that we have, like, we continue and grow, like, this message of, like, being yourself like just because again like it's it's so empowering to have you know a main character or two main characters at that who are just themselves and so I think it give like there's a lot of potential with this show like we can do so many things and well I'm sure we'll have some type of character development and I'm curious to see what is in store for that for our characters especially for Luce um but it's going to be it, it's going to be fun like at the same time like it's going to be serious like i know joke when I, like as i was like sitting there listening to like loose go on about like how you know she's herself and she, you know that's normal for her she doesn't think she's quote unquote weird and like i was like tearing up just because like it's such a it's such a good message like and i can't i can't say no to like a really good message especially like again for a show that has a younger audience. Like, I'm 30 years old, and I still, like, don't know who I am. Right. I mean, it's taken me, like, 23 years and, like, a lot of therapy to be, like, okay with the stuff I like. Like, (laughs) you know? Like, this is incredible. Like, this is, like, very important stuff to see at a young age, and they're doing it very genuinely. Yeah, and and for them to encourage it at the same time. Like, that's... It's just great. Like, 
and again like this like first episode like pilot episode is incredible for it to be so amazing so like there's there's a lot of like really good potential here and it's it's gonna be good like i i just feel it it's gonna be good so i'm ready (laughs) what about you sarah do you agree yeah definitely i'm just i'm just all i'm hoping for is that is the continued balance of like lightheartedness and touching on those like really earnest, genuine, real feelings that can really tug at your heartstrings. And yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, good news. The show's already been renewed for season two. Yeah, I so, know. yeah. <laughs> so what that tells me is that they're really confident with what they've the. Disney Channel is very confident with what they've seen so far, um, and I just can't wait. I also love I I I I look I, when I was looking at the wiki for the cast. Um, they also had the episode titles for the rest of the season, and they're all puns on movies. So this one obviously <laughs> is Lion, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh is basically god, what this one is. Um, they're all great. There's one in particular that I like. Oh, I can't wait for everyone to like learn. I'm not gonna say it because I don't want like spoiler. I, I, some people might. See <laughs> I already it as a did this with Rick and Morty. I don't. No, want but it's great. To. No, but it's great. It's like it's a fun, humorous thing. It's don't worry about it. It's gonna be great. I love it. Um, so I'm 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 thrilled with the show. Uh, I can't wait to get to know uh, Luce and uh, Ida more and King, of course. So. Um, but yeah, that does it for this podcast. You can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks for all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Hugh, aka Hugh Neutron. And thanks as always to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.